Hey folks, welcome back to the Go Time Podcast. Today I'm going to get the uh, intro together for our next guest while Brendan is out shoeing a few horses before we get started today. So I'm going to do the intro myself. Today's guest is Luca Holloway. You know, we've been really lucky to have some really outstanding guests on our show. You know, for just starting out with this and kind of drumming up everything from, you know, multiple world champion reigning horse trainers to legendary cowboys and and working cowboys and guys from TV shows and whatever else. And and all of these guys have had some great accomplishments. I mean, have really reached some great heights and, you know, pretty much, you know, would be someone's, you know, arguably their their life's achievement, you know, at some points on on some of these guys. And uh, today's guest is really not much different, but it was really an interesting interview because Luca Holloway is, he's actually my farrier and he's a good friend to both me and Brendan. And we've watched him. He's a, he's a, he's a great young man. And he, at his age of early age of 23, I think, or 24, has really accomplished, he's accomplished more than he knows. And I think that in itself is incredible. He's a young kid and I don't think he quite grasps um, how much he's accomplished, how much he's overcome um, already. Uh, uh, He is beyond the statistics and has reached a lot, uh, really a lot, in spite of his position, in spite of where he began, in spite of what people have thought he should have achieved. And, and he really has, he really has, um, and he has no idea. I, I think that's probably the craziest part is he just, he doesn't really realize yet um, how, how far he's reached and how much he has done in, in his short time. And his story is really a cool story. Actually, JP stuck around for the interview also. And uh, so he joins us also on part of the interview. JP is the guy from the Cowboy Showdown. But but I, I I think the the biggest thing to take away on this one is we me and Brendan both wanted to feature Luca from the very beginning of our podcast, um, in one of our podcasts because I guess probably more than anything because he is uh, you know he's like the the American story I mean he's he's like he represents you know what is achievable and sometimes. Uh, you don't even know that you've achieved it once you've gotten to it and what you've achieved. Because I think sometimes we all sit around and we're worried about achieving what the world says that we should be or what the world says success is. And and we gauge that by what Hollywood or, you know, the not real world is. And Luca is a great example of someone accomplishing really great heights in a short amount of time and and a lot of success and not knowing it and, and i think that that is something that should be featured uh, that should be a story that should be told and that's the reason why we wanted luca on our show so i hope that you guys enjoyed as much as we did and i hope that it inspires you at a time right now when there ain't a whole lot of inspirational out there there are so many really inspirational stories. Finding a joy in what you're doing, finding joy in your work, finding 
Man, just being able to find yourself in your work and purpose in your life and and a reason to accomplish things. And this is a young man that has done that. And I'm really excited to share that. I'm really excited to share that with you guys. But I think probably the biggest thing about this interview, and I say it all the time, it's like, this is my favorite one. But you know, I <laughs> I really do think this is one of my favorite ones. I, I mean, it just they get better and better. But I think the biggest thing about this one, this interview, I hope it inspires you guys, but most of all, I, man, I really hope above anything else, Luca sees the, sees the man in this interview and understands what he's accomplished, what he's reached. It's an inspiring one. Hope you guys enjoy it half as much as we did. It's go time. We are also brought to you by our friends over at Ritama Equine Hospital. The vets over at Ritama Equine Hospital have been my vet for over 15 years. They know how to take care of my performance horses and keep them on the road healthy and happy. They also service several of my clients with their reproduction needs. Ritama Equine Hospital over in Shirts, Texas. They know horses. All right, folks, before we get started with the Go Time podcast, I had one to make mention of our sponsor. One of our sponsors is Purina Feeds. What your horse eats determines how good he will become. That's why every day more horses eat Purina Feeds than any other brand on the market. As a matter of fact, over a million horses a day eat Purina Feeds. Whether you're feeding a horsepower performance horse, a new foal, a senior who needs a little extra care, or anything in between, There's a Purina feed created to provide optimum nutrition for your animal. Feed that's been carefully researched and field tested before it ever reaches the barn. Purina feeds. Now for the go time. Welcome to the Go Time Podcast. Go Time Podcast. The meeting place of industry leaders, elite athletes, and game-changing individuals from around the world. Here we explore the grit, guts, and mental fortitude required to succeed in business, competition, and life that you've been looking for. So stop looking and start listening. It's Go Time with Brendan O'Reilly and Todd Martin. All right. Today's guest is Luca Holloway. Luca from the other side of San Antonio. Yeah, he's come a long way. Originally, originally from uh, just a little east of here. Yeah, just a little <laughs> east. Seven across the pond, <laughs> across the pond in sunny old England. And Actually, that's one thing I want you to, because you told me about your annual annual rainfall where you're from. You can tell us that a bit later. But yeah, so I know you, I, I met you sort of 50-50, partly as a farrier, partly through jiu-jitsu. And Todd obviously knows you similarly. You're, you're, you're the sure here at Todd's Barn. But uh, yeah, tell us a bit about how you, how you ended up over here from England. Tell us a story, Luca. Yeah, so I grew up... Um... In North Yorkshire, and I spent a large majority of my childhood on a, on a big ranch, mm-hmm. and uh, I was homeschooled, and um, pretty much spent all my days helping like all the local farmers, mm-hmm. like herd their sheep or uh, work their cows. Do you herd them on foot over there though? 
Four wheelers. Okay. Yeah, there's there was no horses in that part of Yorkshire where I was from. Like the only time I'd seen horses was at like the county fair. Wow. Really? Yeah. Everybody's got um. I don't know, kind of the mentality of if they don't make you money, why are you going to have them, you know? So it's yeah. pretty much just sheep and uh, and cattle. There's no recreation purpose with the horse. Very little. Okay. Except maybe what, fox hunting. That's probably not in your part of the world there, fox hunting? or uh, It was a huge part, but it was okay. um, so like the... pretty hated amongst the sheep oh, yeah. farmers. Oh, yeah, because they come across your property or whatever? They just... Yeah, the dogs were a big thing because oh, they yeah, just yeah, go yeah. wherever they wanted and... um. Chase the sheep around and just scare them. Yeah, okay. Scare huh. them to death. Okay, there you go. I never knew that. No, yeah. I didn't know that either. It was, it's very illegal, but nobody can really stop them. Oh, it is illegal? In, in England, yeah. I didn't know it was illegal. Everything don't like the royal family do it? Yeah, I don't know. They probably make their own rules. But <laughs> <laughs> Everything's illegal over there in Who knows, man? jolly old... Jolly old England. Um. So, and then, so you grew up... Yeah, so I grew up there and... Um, it was kind of a given that like I was going to be a sheep herder when I was older. Yeah. I, I helped all the old farmers. I had, you know, I used to sell vegetables and eggs. Like, I bet you like 10 years old, I was making like 200 bucks a week between working sheep, what? selling eggs. Really? Damn. Yeah. And I, I just, like, that's what I did for fun was, you know, go out there and help the farmers. Let me drive the tractors and, you know, we're either making hay in the summer or mm. lambing the sheep in the spring. Mm. And, uh, then my mom, she met a, a guy online from here in San Antonio. Mm -hmm. And a long story short, they got engaged. And I, uh, I came here actually on my 15th birthday. Mm. And it was put right in the middle of San Antonio. And I was like, well, wonder what I'm going to do now. Like in, in downtown San Antonio? like Well, pretty much. Like yeah. Just north of downtown. Really? And, uh, you know, when I thought I was going to... Texas was like just a lot of like sanding cowboys out. You're probably watching a lot of John Wayne movies to get ready. Yeah, I was like, it's gonna be sanding cowboys, and I was like, oh, it's like concrete and Mexicans, but it's not. <laughs> not what I expect. So I was like, oh, I wonder what I'm gonna do. Uh, what am I gonna do now, like when I'm older? And uh, so I, I really wanted to go to high school, and uh, never happened. So the the first six or seven months I lived here were really rough. Okay. Uh, with my new stepdad and didn't get no no I you know it's kind of true colors came out and oh, I ended up um me and my mom got kicked out about six seven months in there was one night um he's pretty abusive to her and he threatened her and I'd already dealt with that as a little kid like six yeah. to eight my mom was married to a guy that used to beat us both really bad and stuff so this happened and I was like damn I'm not I'm not putting up with this again like. You know, I'm 15 now. I'm like, I ain't yeah. letting somebody do that to my mom. So I'm um, going a big fight with him and we got kicked out. And um, we weren't allowed cell phones in his house. And uh, oh, wow. I had gone to the neighbors and like um, called a friend uh, from our church. And we lived with him for a couple of weeks. And then uh, my mom ended up going back, but I wasn't, wasn't allowed to go back after getting in a fight with him so um i stayed with that couple there from our church and um kind of bounced around a little bit got a job like on a construction site and ended up um the one like my best friend of this day mm. that i made there in church i uh moved in with his parents mm. and they were so good to me they taught me how to 
drive, help me get a driver's license, got me a job. If you're trying to do anything here in America, under 18 is like, you can't get a bank account, you can't yeah. do nothing. Oh. Well, even not under 18, just if, you, if you're not, like you're going through that process of like visa stuff. Yeah. Man, it's tough, hey? It's a nightmare. I wouldn't want to do it on my own when I'm 15. Yeah. No. So I'm struggling at 33. <laughs> I didn't want to go back either. I did not want to go back to England. Yeah. So, um, I was just thinking, like, you're a wet back of a different color. Exactly. <laughs> well, and, and, and English men aren't good at swimming, I don't yeah. think. That's so. nah, so. too cool to practice. <laughs> uh, no, so I, I was living with them and uh, got a driver's license. And I was like, man, um, you know, what do I want to do? Go the construction route. That's what I'm doing right now. Mm. Started off, like, picking trash up off the construction site for eight bucks an hour. Then, you know, got hired on by the plumbers and was learning a trade. I was like, man, I'd really like to um, get back to like ranch, mm-hmm. like building fans and like being out there with the animals. Yeah. So I found a job on Craigslist that um, had a little like apartment to live in and it paid 400 bucks a week for a living ranch hand. Perfect. Sweet. So uh, how old were you at this time? Almost 17. And I wow. applied for it. And I guess nobody else like applied because I got the job. And I was, like, <laughs> I was like cash under the table, like, you know, live in this little room. And uh, a big part of the job was taking care of all these horses. And I was like, dude, I don't, I've never been around horses. I don't know what a, how to put a halter on. Like, I have no idea. But I can do all the other stuff really well. So um, just kind of dove right in and. I ended up dating a girl who had horses who would teach me how to ride, you know, on the weekends, whatever, she'd teach me stuff. And uh, part of my job was every six weeks, get them ready for the horse year. Mm-hmm. This girl would come, shop with her dog, take a ramble out, mm-hmm. put her music on. It's like, man, this girl's got like the coolest job. Like she drives <laughs> around the country with her dog. If she just want to work for you, she don't have to work for you. <laughs> and like I'd give her a check and I'm like, dude, she just made in two hours what I make in sixty hours. Well yeah. and um every time she'd come, I'd have like a bunch of questions laid out for her. And she finally told me, She's like, if you want to learn how to do this, her school's for it, you know? Mm. I said, Really? She, yeah. So all right. So I found like a school and I saved up money there, bought a little, little truck and uh saved up for a horseshoeing course. So like, all right, perfect. And it worked out the day after I got my driver's license, um, I had to leave for school. So like never driven by myself before, I was with, you know, an adult and somehow made it up there in one piece. Never been all 35 before. <laughs> Dude, um, the story gets better and better every time I hear it. Oh man. Well, uh, I got there and um, they went absolutely horrible. Like I couldn't, I had no very little horse experience, never really been under one apart from to pick their feet out. And uh, all these horses just like had my number, you know? Yeah. And um, and it's all really like only my second real summer here in the States. And where I'm from, like we're built for the cold. Like we can do that. <laughs> Literally, 80 degrees in England and the, the firefighters are going around checking on the old people, make sure they're still alive. Oh, like no exaggeration, so. It's a, I went to school, I think it was in July. Damn. And, uh, you know, it's 110 degrees. Like, you guys know how hot it is (laughs) crawling up underneath those horses. Oh, man. Yeah. 
And then once you got to wrestle too, it's not like you're probably given the easiest things to be able to exactly. Know, mess with. Yeah. And, um, I just really couldn't, couldn't do it. All the other students were getting their horses done and Lucas still on like his first foot. And, um, I remember one one time. I Sounds like me trying to get the prince. <laughs> right, I look at other people now. I'm like, oh, yeah, that was like, yeah. But uh, this this one day, it had this one horse come in. I could not get him to hold his feet up. I could wrestle it up, put it right back down. Mm. All the other students got their horses done, went out to lunch, and uh, the instructor was like, "Man, it's like you know, maybe this just isn't for you." It's like, you know, I, I, I really don't know what to tell you. It's like, I can get around the horse. The other students can pick his feet up. Like, I, just, I can't really help you much at this point. But, um, yeah, I didn't invest like the little bit of money that I had yeah. into the tools and going to the school. Like, I had a, a hundred bucks left that I had to feed me while I was there. Damn. And I was like, man, I don't have like a plan B. I can't go home and mommy and daddy be like, hey, y'all are going to have to like, find another trade school or something for me to go to because this isn't my thing. And um, I wanted to be a horseshoe. Like, I wanted that life of, of driving around. Yeah. It's like, I know I'm going to be good at this if I, if I figure it out. So um, the last week of the school, I did a little better. He actually graduated me. And he's like, man, I've never had to not graduate somebody, but I kind of didn't think I was yeah. going to be able to with you. But these last couple of days, you know, been pretty good. So I go back. To working on the ranch and um i like wouldn't chew anything because it's like i got you know really no idea what i'm doing yet yeah but uh i would, I would train and trim the neighbor's horses my girlfriend's friend's horses yeah and um it's like i really need to apprentice under somebody full-time but i can't do that with this job so i found this couple had this little house for rent right next to theirs and i kind of talked them into running it it was for rent, but they didn't want to rent it to a 17-year-old. Uh, I was able to kind of talk them into like, giving me a shot. So they rented it to me. I'm like, all right, the first time you don't you know, cut the grass on time or you're a day late with your rent, you're gone. Mm. But we're going to give you a shot. And uh, they're still like really good friends of mine to this day. So living there um, allowed me to go work for the shoers. Okay. And I got hooked up with uh, Ken. Yeah. And that was like the best thing that's ever happened. Because every single shoer I've heard of in this area all like learned from Ken. Yeah. It's like There's literally quite a few. Literally all the guys that are that are, you know, good in around here, Ken's like, Yeah, I taught them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He um you know, I wanted to learn like how to do show horses, how to do hot work, how to do performance horses. And he did all that and yeah. took me in under his wing. And uh, I mean, it's the closest thing I've had to a father figure mm -hmm. my whole life. It's mm -hmm. like Colin Pops treats me like one of his kids. Mm. And um, seeing, if you help me out so much, not just in teaching me how to shoe, mm. but how he treats his kids, his wife, how he's with his clients. Like that was mm. the best role model. Yeah. Is that at 18, you know, I kind of tempted to go chase women and try to, you know, mm. drink and do all those other stupid things. And, um, this opportunity that he, he gave me to work for him, I realized, like, you know, I'm really grateful he's not only taking me in yeah. on his business, but into his house and his family. So, yeah. And um, I kind of saw, like, what shoeing can do for you. Yeah. And I was like, man, you know, this is just needs to be the only thing. 
worry about. So the horses I had, I would do them on Saturdays and Sundays, work for him five days a week. After work, we'd play in the forge. He's really big on uh, not making shoes, but modifying shoes mm -hmm. just to help his performance horses go better. And I mean, that old man can, he could be sitting here, look in the arena and tell you exactly how the horse is shot and what's wrong with him. Yeah. And what you can do to make him stop better or turn better. He does a lot of English horses as well. So it pretty much like for the next four or five years just kind of became my life. That was all yeah. all I did. And um, every now and again, I'd, if we had a slow week, I'd get on Facebook or Instagram, see the shoers that um, were shoeing the top horses mm. and just, hey, can I come ride with you? Like, not pay me anything. I'll pull and finish. Is you know, I can get your references. So, you know, I'm not going to act stupid around your clients, whatever. And I did that. I even went out to Florida to work with a guy that's like shooing all the top English horses yeah. and um, then eventually like started getting all these calls and before you know it I'm only working for Ken two days a week doing my own yeah. and then got a full buck of horses and it's never yeah that's been it ever since man that's cool yeah real cool and my favorite one of my I'm gonna bring it up we won't name names but one of my favorite stories is like the the teacher that uh you said and to no fault of his own you said you're having trouble getting around horses but he said maybe this isn't going to be for you you saw him years later at the competition that you placed at or yeah um i was i really got into there for a while and making shoes and there's a lot of tournaments and stuff yeah. or not tournaments but, you know contests and uh pretty much any time there was a clinic in texas we i'd want to go right yeah and um did a couple contests and I remember I was making my shoes and he was like, Oh, Hey, was like, Hey. And he had all the students with him and uh, he was like, you're, you're competing. And like, and in this division too, I was like, yeah, he's like, I can't kind of look at your shoes. I'm like, they're not finished, but they're right here. It's like, wow. He's like, um, well, I'll catch up with you after the contest. Okay. And he had all the students with him. He was like, Hey, um, it's like, can you talk to these students? Cause, like, Cause I remember what you were like in school. Yeah. Cause, like, can you, like, how did you go from uh, you know, back to this? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, talk to him. Yeah. Well, just stuck with it. Yeah. That's man. That's one of my favorite stories. Every time I, I know I told you earlier, but every time I'm doing something and I'm having trouble with it, and like, yeah, I just can't get it. I think of that story because it's oh, literally wow. going from like. To, you know, someone being like, I don't know, and imagine that, like, if someone said that to you, this the 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 natural thing would be like maybe they're right and that self-doubt creeps in and you know but then and then you've gone from that to having your own business that's thriving it's pretty cool man it's one of my favorite like success stories yeah that is really cool you know it's it's um it's cool to hear like i don't know you know you we we've gotten to interview a couple of guys that you know grew up came up from you know ranching families like we did texts where we did you know he was 70 something his dad was a cowboy and you know we just came from cowboy stock right and yeah just you know generations right mm -hmm. and um and i you know and and i get asked a lot you know on the horses so you know so did your mom and dad did your dad train or like my dad was a, a computer repairman my mom was a bookkeeper like, I didn't have a clue, man. We liked horses, but, you know, like, that's all we knew. You know, it was like, feed this end and pick up what comes out of the other end. <laughs> that was about, yeah. you know, what we knew. Um, but, uh, 
I think sometimes uh, the thing that we don't realize we have is we have such a fresh look and we don't take certain things for granted. Like, like I don't, um, you know, I've never re- answered somebody with, you know, well, you, that's just how we do that. Like I had never thought about it. it's just how we do it. I had to analyze it, right? I had to break it down and figure out, you know, like um, I, that, my dad didn't just tell me. I didn't just know that, you know, this happened and this made this happen. I got to look at it from completely fresh eyes. And, and you know, taking, well, I, was, I took my first riding lesson when I was 21. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't know a lead yeah. at 21, right? And, um, but I think I'm really good at teaching because I don't have that just take it for granted either I don't look at it when you just go you know like well that's because that's the way we've always done it you know I um I had to experience it you know I had to go like there's a lot of falling on my face (laughs) that gave me the experience on a lot of it um but it also gave me a fire too right um I never went into training horses thinking there was another option right that's cool to hear that you say that. It was like, you know, I don't know. I bought these, I bought the tools. I had a hundred bucks. Like that shit, not make it. I ain't got a choice. I got to make this happen. Yeah. I had to go actually trim some horses um, right after school. Just so I got have money to get home. You had a good six hour drive. I was like, ooh, kind of. Damn, man. That's cool. Now, I think that's um, why maybe like I've since gone to knowing you, what, the past two years? Yeah. I really looked up to you because... Of when you told me your story, how you started at 21, you know, I've always looked at these guys that I think been around horses since they were six, seven years old. Like, I can't do it because, you know, I'm only just starting out at, at um, 17, 18. Now, you know, 23, I'm too old to, you know, catch up. I then yeah. look like, oh, your success now, taking your first riding lesson, 21, now you're one of the top riding horse trainers. Like, I was like, wow, like this dude, you know. Yeah. He's done it, so it's doable. Yeah, you know, and I heard, I remember hearing, um, you know, the, you know, we always hear the back talk or the, the noise in the background from the peanut gallery of, you know, like I had a guy, I had a guy that, you know, I, I, um, went to college with, and had been around, and he had shown horses, you know, his whole, you know, upbringing, and his dad, you know, showed cow horses and. You know, and and it was kind of known, you know, that he was going to be a horse trainer. You know, that's what he did and whatever else. And I remember it getting back to me. And I I remember hearing that uh, somebody told somebody told me that he had said, called me a wannabe. Mm. He's like, yeah, you know, he's just a wannabe. And um, and and the funniest part about that is I remember my reaction because I'm such a hard head, you know, but. You know, which some people would have been like, well, I'm going to do it to justify it or whatever else. And my reaction was, I'm not a wannabe. I'm a gonna be. And you got me mistaken. Like it's I'm going to I'm going to be because why? Because not because you say I can't like gonna give you that kind of power. Right. And so I think sometimes you just don't know you have that power. Right. Yeah. Um, and, You know, sometimes we hear it from other people. That tell us, you know, like you can, you can do it or whatever else. That's the impressive thing for me is like, you didn't, you didn't have that, you know, you didn't have that, you know, somebody standing behind you. I think that's something that's really, um, I remember all the things that my dad did for me, right? Like helped me out with getting me my, you know, it wasn't the things that I felt like I needed kind of deal, but he gave me just enough to keep me going, 
not let me, you know, necessarily fall or not be able to do it. Mm. Right. Um, but it's like, that's impressive to me. It's like, you didn't have that. You didn't have anybody stand behind you go like, you know, all right, well, let me, let me keep you from drowning. I'm like, yeah, 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 I had that. I kind of had that safety net, you know, it would come with a cost (laughs) The lecture and my dad telling me and, you know, all that kind of stuff, but still I had that. Right. Yeah. I at least kind of had that somewhat of a security. Um, but you know, your security is just that you could work hard and you go find another job or you find something else. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was a, a rough spot where it's like, man, you know, in this new country and don't, you know, my mom can't talk to her anymore. Yeah. And, um, it's like, well, you know, kind of have an excuse to go, you know, go and be a bad kid. Right. It's like, but you gotta realize like, I got a lot of opportunity here now that I'm in America. Now England's not a third world country. You know, it's a great, it's a great place to live. Um, but it's not like it is over here. You know, there's so much more opportunity here in the States. And I was like, man, you know, I got a chance to, to come over here and I do whatever I want, you know, make whatever I want of myself. So, Rather than sitting around moping because I don't have a you know mom anymore or whatever, right? You know, get out there and work and make yeah. the best of it. Like that little American dream of having like your little house and your couple acres and your family. It's like I want that one day, you know. Yeah. So um, that's what I work towards. And dude, that's what's cool is the fact that you could do that though on your own in your own head. You yeah. Know? And it's it's great because it shows it's possible. Because oftentimes it's like you think you need a catalyst for it, but you kind of did it yourself. And then the, the doors opened for you. Like you said, you found Ken and his family and they were a great support for you. If you wouldn't have found them, if you didn't get over those hurdles on your own, you know, and, yeah. uh, it shows it can be done. You know, it really, it, it's impressive because, because oftentimes you hear the narrative and you think that people either have that support and they make it or they don't have that support and they don't make it, but you can, you're proof that you can make it without the support. And then the support will come along the way. If you have that positive, that positive mindset, you know, and it's, it's pretty cool, you know? And one thing to go back to what Todd was saying about the, you know, someone saying something like the wannabe guy, whatever is like, no, I've never uh, had someone who was legitimately like, better than me do things like that like all all the guys there i've been around so many guys in all whether it's like horsemanship or martial arts that are have better skills than me and they all want to bring you along you know that the guys that want to throw that want to try and keep you back it's because you're about to pass them and they're getting worried you know yeah it's true it's true because that guy that called me a wannabe yeah never beat me (laughs) never beat me man one thing I'd like to commend you on too, man, is your your age and your mindset. That's oh, very, you. very rare to find. Right at that age. I mean, very man. rare, man. Yeah. You yeah. know, I think that... that 23. Man, stop making me feel bad, Luke. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. I mean, like, and that's... that's I think that's part of this too, is that... Is, is understanding... Understanding that your situations don't dictate who you are. Your character... And sometimes your character is just your character. Mm-hmm. What drives you and what drives you is different, right? And what, you know, it's different for each person. But finding out what that is, mm-hmm. I think it's really important, right? And another thing y'all kind of touched up on, which was really good, was like that you came from, you know, from out of the States, came into the States 
And if 99 or 100% of people would come in with the same mentality that he did to come into the States and make it better and make a living for themselves and be better, that's the type of people we need to come to the States. Yeah, I know. I agree. Coming to make trouble, you know? Yeah. That's freaking awesome. Well, you know, I think that the, it's also the ones here have re- lost the reality of what the opportunities are. Mm-hmm. Those opportunities are those opportunities are opportunities. They're not givens. Yes. Right? Yeah. I mean, like it still isn't that opportunity, um, JP is like when we were talking on your your deal yeah. of, you know, creating it's not a it's not a handout, it's a it's a hand up. Right. It still comes with work, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that takes like having a handout is short term and it's not gonna last. Right. Because yeah. then you as soon as you finish that handout, you're gonna need another handout. Yeah. Right? It's oh, it's yeah. it's understanding that and having having it's funny. I say it a lot, but having the luck of being able to be given a work ethic yeah. is probably the single most important thing that can be given to a young man, mm-hmm. right. right? That understanding, you know, working through adversity, working through hot, you know, crawling underneath horses that don't want you crawling underneath them, you know, do, do it's hard, but you know, that probably was given to you just by working on the farms, you know, before and, you know, the struggles of, you know, I don't know what you do to sh- herd sheep, <laughs> but they're kind of dumb and that can't be easy. <laughs> and, and being told, hey, this ain't for you. Yeah. yeah. This ain't yeah. For you. I mean, and but finding the drive in that, right? Yeah. I mean, like that's, it's, it's, it's having that attitude that I, and not being afraid of work, like. Shoot, really? Well, I'm gonna just work. I'll work harder. I'll show you different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now I hear the numbers that he does in a day. I know, man. I get sore from hearing the number of horses. I know, you know, like, and that's it. And like, so you you heard the story of where I, you know, how I got to where I'm at or whatever else. But like, I'm like, I'm inspired by you. Like, just knowing, yeah. But I mean, just think about that. Knowing that that um uh knowing that where you've started and where you've gotten and everything else. But now this point where you like, you have, yeah, his wife and his, his like your boy's great, you know, and you're, you get to do jujitsu tournaments. You challenge yourself on all these other different things too. But you know, like you've got acreage now, a house and drive a nice, you have a couple of trucks and you got a nice truck and you get your, you know, you are living the American dream, the way the American dream is supposed to be yes, presented. Yeah. Not yes, something sir. that was given to you because I say this all the time, you joke around with it, but it's not because you just, you know, shake your butt on TikTok and somebody sends you some money or whatever. He does, like, he does that too. I, yeah, that's the other, that's the other income. Put the, put the link on the that's bottom it. of this podcast. That's, that's, that's where the real money that's comes from. That's where you have the second truck. That's <laughs> It's my new shoe and trailer. <laughs> uh, but it's true, though. It's not just be just yeah. you weren't. What's made you a success is that you know you weren't pursuing endless deals, but you worked hard. Yeah. You know, and it and it and working hard pays. Yeah. You know, yeah. having a skill, you know, and that skill is important. Mm-hmm. You know, that's yeah. the background of backbone of our country. Yeah. You know. 
And this goes like we're gonna move on to soon. We'll be talking about you doing jujitsu now. But I remember saying to you up in the barn here one time, where after you were telling me the story of how you got into shoeing and ended up where you are now, and I said, man, if you can get good, I say this to people all the time. If you can get good at some at one thing, you can get good at anything because it's like that you've cracked the code of what makes and it. What it is is like repetitive, consistent, hard work at whatever you want to do, whether it's like horseshoeing, martial arts, roping, whatever. It's like mm-hmm. work out the fundamentals and drill those fundamentals till you can't get them wrong. You but know, you know it, it's the, you know, the phrase that you hear is, is success begets success, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Success, come, you know, once, once you've got a taste of success, you know, but what it really has happened is that you have, you've realized there's a possibility and and you're not you're not believing the background noise of maybe you can't or maybe you shouldn't or that's that's for other people or whatever else that you know that's the background we all hear whether it's competition or whatever else right and um and realizing that you can work through it right it it's nothing worth having is not worth earning right right it's right. the struggle man yeah. it's the it's the getting to that next part. You didn't get to the UFC by just hitting bags. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And then, and then, what it the door, what it opens up for you internally by yeah. making it is the the prize. People see the prize is like they think it's a physical thing, you know. But it's who you become on the way there is what is what the prize yeah. is, you know. And it it feeds into what what leads into a legacy, mm. right? I was like, you're a little boy. What's gonna What's gonna come from that, right? Yeah. Hit you realizing it's possible, will be able to stand behind him whenever he fails and whatever. And you go just stand up. You're not gonna You're not gonna have to berate him. You're not gonna have to like force him to. Just like man, come on, let's go do it again. And they're gonna lead by example, right? So right, your dad JP, right. that you know, it's like how did he do it? He led by example. He didn't sit back and yeah. you know eat ho hos and tell you you know go go ahead and do that, son. He did it. Yeah. Right. And he yes, took you out there and, and, and he did it. That's what's impressive to me is you didn't have that. Right. Mm. You didn't have that, but you, you you're you like, for it. yeah, you, you still did it in yeah. anyhow, even though it wasn't. And for whatever reason that was like, you're going to be, you're benefiting from it. Like you are the, the American success story. Yeah. I mean, like, and, 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 and that's why we wanted to talk to you yeah. about it. Like oh, to share that story, right? Yeah. 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 So I know you didn't have like your, uh, initially to, for the, that catalyst to make the, just the start, you didn't have that. But then you were saying like, when you met Ken, how much of an influence was like spending every day with him? Yeah. How much was that? I mean, it, I mean, he's the best role model I could ask for. Yeah. And, um, you know, he, he didn't try to, try to parent me too much and tell me what it, what it could do and what I couldn't do. Um, but, you know, set out a path of guidelines and knew I should, I should stay on if I wanted to be Just successful. Led by example. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, that's one That's one thing I picked up, like, with the time I spent with Ken is just seeing how he is around people, around his, his clients. Yeah. And you go, okay. Like, and you don't need... And I think that's, like, a lot of parenting. Like, that's how my dad was too. Like, I don't, I don't think my dad ever gave me, like, a like a um hard you know he never had to sit me down and be like give me a hard talking to yeah because i just would look at what he was like and i was like okay cool you know i think that's a big part of it and i guess that's where you're really blessed in finding like just of all the people Mm -hmm. you could have ended up with 
Yeah, I think one thing that a lot of people my age kind of miss out on is like if somebody like Ken or, or like Todd lets you into their barn or their truck and is willing to teach you their trade, mm. like that's a that's a huge deal. And yeah. the only thing, and they're paying you to while they're teaching you as well. Mm-hmm. The only thing you have to give in return is a hundred ten percent effort. Yeah. yeah, and you know. Don't show up late. Yeah. Don't call in because you drank too much the night before. Yeah. Ken has, I mean, I talk to him every day, and he's always mad at his current helper because I showed up 20 minutes late or, oh, got to quit early because he needs to take his girlfriend out for lunch or, you know, or is on his cell phone the whole time. Yeah. And it's like, man, if, if you just realize, like, yeah, Ken gave me the skills and the tools. A lot of other farriers that I will call too, but predominantly him, mm. gave me the the knowledge and help me develop mm. the skill to where I can have my own thing, make a good living, provide for my family. And uh, not only that, but I can take that knowledge and those skills that I developed and build off of those for the rest of my life. You know, yeah, I'd like yeah. to open up a horseshoe in school. Yeah. Eventually. Do it. Um, you know, if, if I wanted to get more serious about it and, and go travel around, you know, giving chewing planes. Yeah. I could do that. Yeah. And it all started with he got these several people that are willing to let you into their truck yeah. and teach you. And, man, all I have to do is, is give 100% mm-hmm. and pay yeah. attention. You know, yeah. if I have to show up a little early, help you feed your horses, make sure that the stock's truck, the truck is stocked. Yeah. Okay. Sounds, yeah. That's a great deal for me. Yeah. I'm sure you found the same with people that come out with one alone to be running horse trainers oh yeah yeah and you know i'm this is this is the you know if there's going to be a training deal it's the long road because it's so much and so long to do and stuff that you know but um i always say that you know when i'm giving lessons i don't ever hold anything back i'll tell you every single bit of it because if you're willing to put the years and time and effort into doing it to be able to be good at it, like, why would I? It's still years, right, you know, yeah. and, you know, and you earn it at that point. I can't give it to you. I, I can give you all the information I have. Yeah. But if you don't put it to use, it's a waste. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't understand. Okay. So, you know, if you, you hear of people, I'm lucky I've never been around people like that. But you hear of people that have a good knowledge and they don't want to share it. And it's like, I've always been like, why would you be like that? And and I'm the same with the knowledge I have with sharing it with other people because like, because I've told people tips of different things and if they don't want to learn it, it just goes in one ear and out the other. Mm-hmm. And if they want to learn it, whether you tell them or not, they'll find it somewhere. Like, so it's kind of like, you might as well share your knowledge because the people that are driven, they're going to get that good anyway. And the people that aren't, aren't. So you're like, you know, I'm just like, you know what, let's just share it and all get better together. Yeah. 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 I have, um, you know, there's several friends of mine that are shooters or my age and, um, several of them do really well too. And then Mm -hmm. there's several others that say, man, how come you got all those nice bonds? (laughs) You know, how come? I'm doing, you know, Betty's two donkeys over here and you're showing like high end show horses a lot of the times. So, dude, I have like zero talent. I'm the least talented person you'll ever meet. You can ask mm-hmm. anybody. But um you just gotta work hard at it. Yeah. That's that's the only it's not even a secret. I've told yeah. my wife before, you know, when we're, you know, you have all the kids and the bills and everything else and you know, you're like if something happened to you, what you know, what would be our backup? 
I mean, that's a real reality when you're riding horses for a living. Yeah. You know, that if something really did, you know, you got something ranked, you got hurt, hey, you know, Todd ain't riding, we ain't making any money. Yeah. You know, how are you going to make your bills? And and what will we do? What's our backup? My, my comment always has been, I can do anything. Mm. I, I There isn't a job out there that I can't do. Because the easiest, the, the one number one thing that I will do that majority of will not show up. Yeah. Right. Like I can show up. I may yeah. not be, I may not be the fanciest. I may not have, you know, I'm oozing with talent and whatever else, but I will outwork your talent all day long. Yeah. I'm not afraid of it. I'm not, I, I can, I now show up. I do the things that I promise I can do. Right. And that's how I started out with the horses was that I promised them they would pay me. And I promised them that I would ride their horse. What do you, what can you, what, what can you tell me you'll be doing with that horse by the end of, you know, 90 days? Well, I can promise you that I will ride it for 90 days. Yeah. What I end up with is what you bring. Yeah. You bring me a mule, you'll end up with 90 days on a mule. <laughs> right. And that's yeah. what I can promise you. You know, I'll do my best and whatever else, but I'm limited by what I'm riding or what you brought me or what kind of problem or what kind of great deal you got. But, um, but you will get your money's worth. I will ride it. Yeah. Right. And, and, and whether I would be building a house or moving dirt or whatever else, I'd show up and I'd put, give them my hours. That's more than 70% of the ones out there will do. Man, it's sad that, uh, this day and age, you show up on time and stay off your cell phone. That's, you're doing better than 80%. I know it's crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah, you know, like people look at it and the opportunities, man. Opportunities are everywhere. Yeah. You just gotta show up. Right. Yeah. With yeah. a willingness to work. Yeah. I think it'll kind of go full circle soon. I think it's getting to a point where like people are kind of getting sick of that culture of, you know, so of where people either aren't there or they're on their phone or like they're 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 expecting something for nothing. And I think it's gonna go back to people are going to value more the guy that wants to work hard for what he gets, you know? So hopefully that maybe that's just me dreaming and hoping, but I hope it'll go full circle anyway. I think it will. I think that history has proven over and over. There's a cycle to yeah. all of that yeah. and prosperity. When you get to a level of, of the level of prosperity that our country is in, you know, where it's, I mean, it's not, I mean, we all live good. Right. Right. I mean, you know, and we're not like the one percenters, we are living, still living good. You know, the, 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 you know, average person lives very well compared to any place else in the world. And, um, so we have a lot of prosperity in, in our, in, you know, in our country, yeah. but I think the scary part is, is that when you have all of that and we're pursuing all these things, we can easily look back and, see where we put a lot of emphasis on that and chasing what we're chasing and not like JP, like your dad right. that drug you along with yes. and had you part of it. It's not necessarily that it's got to be, you know, just quality time. It's quantity right. time. It's, mm -hmm. it's living with spending time with that, you know, that they drug you along with you. And it's what you put into it. Yeah. 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 You got to put the hours. You're not going to see me and see my character by not hanging out with me. Mm -hmm. I might, if I'm going to do well on raising my kids, then it's, yeah. they're going to have to spend that time with me to see my character. Yeah. That's why I think it's cool. How old your son? 
He'll be three in August. Yeah, so like, and I've seen him like on the jujitsu mats with you with his gear on. I've seen him <laughs> in the barn, like when you're shoeing horses, you know. He, so even though, and he's obviously not, believe it or not, everyone, he's not at three years old, not shoeing horses on his own. No, yeah. But he's, uh, but he's seeing it, you know. He's seeing the, that you're turning up to work. He's right. Yeah. So like all that is just normal to him. You know? well, I'm trying yeah. to tell him right now because, um, I mean, you guys have been around him. He talks a lot. And uh, he's been asking, like, a lot of real good questions. Yesterday, he told me, uh, he says, Daddy, your birthday is in August, like mine. Yeah, you're right. Nice. Wow. Okay. Good. But, um, you know, he comes to work with me quite a bit, and uh, he doesn't like it. Uh, Telling me, you want to go shoe horses? No. Or, you know, are we done? Yeah. Tell me, you know why Daddy shoes horses? No. I said, you know, you like toys, right? <laughs> yeah. Well... Daddy gets money for shoeing horses, and to get toys, you need money. <laughs> and you see him, I'm like, okay, I don't understand it now. Yeah. But in a couple yeah. of years, I want to know, like, hey, this is why Daddy does this. Yeah. And yeah. you're going to do it for your kids. And I think about it a lot, and obviously, like, I want to create an easier upbringing for, for my kids mm. than what I had. But at the same time, how do I, how do I do that? But also instill like a really good work ethic into them, and yeah. you know, so they turn out to be good citizens. And is the, therein lies the there's the balance, man. That's yeah. hard. That's the it hard. It is hard. It is hard because you want to give your kids, you know, the opportunities, right? And yeah. and uh, but I think holding, keeping them from having adversity, is is not the way to do it, right? Yeah. Um, I, I I like so. As a as a as a father, I look back at a lot of what I'm doing, and I'm trying to figure some of that stuff out too, right? And um and and I think I'm starting to figure out that um because I don't have this down by any stretch, right? I got my own personal ways of screwing my kids up, <laughs> but um it's not me forcing them to do the right thing. It's until they get out of the house. I am here for them while they make those mistakes, not to keep them from making the mistakes, right? But while they make those mistakes, I'm here for them to guide them while they do. And I think it's actually detrimental to keep them from making the mistakes because you learn. And so much of the stuff I learned from horses, right? But my horses don't learn from me keeping them from making mistakes. Mm. Greatest lessons that you'll ever learn are from the mistakes that you've made. Your greatest, we talked about that before, is that the greatest, you know, your greatest victory. What's your, what's your, what's your prized possession? Like, what's my prize possession? So this little, this little plaque right here, mm. I've got out there in the barn, I've got those big, you know, bronzes and, you know, some of those shows. This little plaque right here is from the San Antonio Stock Show and Rodeo. That is probably one of my prize deals. Yeah. I remember that. Like, I remember the crowd yelling and screaming for me at that one. And I rode this little, you know, custom chrome mare that could just stop like nobody's business. And I outrode the mare by, and outrode her talent tenfold that night. Right. And why? I got no idea. But it was that that was such a win that I will never forget that one, right? It's nothing that anybody remembers. It's why well, I remember it huge, right? It was the crowd was there was there was a standing room only in the in the arena. It was at the stock show and rodeo. And it was just something that I remember that, right? 
And that one, because how many times I'd failed at that, but not the, you know, like some, then some of the other ones were national championships and whatever else. It's like, well, I'm trying to think about what horse I rode at that one and, and what was it and where it was. Not that it wasn't a good one, right? But the ones that I stand out beyond anything else is the one that I fell on at the Derby, mm. like wiped out in the middle of the pin. Hardly anybody remembers that one either. I do. I got pictures of it. <laughs> but that was where I learned the most. Those those big deals made me, you know, big wrecks or big problems made me the better trainer or made me the better businessman or made me the better whatever. So like to keep your kids from having that. Yeah. You know, you're you're not saving them. Right? You're not doing the, them a favor by keeping them from having a problem. You know, you're you're better off allowing them to make a mistake. And just being there to put them back on track. Well, you know, what's funny is your son told me that. We were uh, in the barn. My son told you that? Yeah, Matt. We were in the barn. <laughs> like, I don't know, two, three weeks ago, I was teaching him um, how to pull shoes off. I don't know how we got on the subject. Um, but he says, yeah, he says, uh, you should homeschool your kids. He says, like my parents. He says, honestly, you should probably do like exactly what my parents do. He's like, Cause we're homeschooled, right? It's like, but um, they don't shelter us from, like, the real world. It's like, I know what goes on. Like, I'm not dumb. He's um, like, we, we get to go do out-of-school activities. He's um, like, I'm a, I know my dad's always there for me. He's like, but he's not going to stop me from doing something stupid and having to deal with consequences. And, like, to hear that from a 14-year-old, like, I don't know. I imagine most 14-year-olds probably hit their parents, right? Or the, hit the way they're raised because they're not allowed on Xbox or whatever. But it really stood out to me when he told me that. Hmm. I really complimented you and a. That's his mother. It's not me. (laughs) I got a good wife. He's got a good mother. That's the real deal. She just tells me what to say. Yeah. (laughs) Glad I got a good wife too. Yeah. I'll tell you what, that makes a big difference. It does. Makes a big difference. Keeps me. She's the one that keeps me on track. (laughs) Yeah. She lets me make mistakes and then nah. <laughs> hammers yeah, it home. She's that she's got an extra kid. <laughs> you, hear that so, you hear that so often. <laughs> yeah. It's like they, they refer to their husband as like an yeah. extra kid. Oh, like, my wife enough. does. Yeah. Fair enough. Man. So, yeah. <laughs> so, Luca, how'd you... So now, more recently, like I, I know you... I obviously met you sort of through horseshoeing, but now I see you way more in, in on the jiu-jitsu mat and... and working on our MMA and stuff. So how'd you get into that? And what's that been doing for you? Um, so it's something that I'd always wanted to do. And honestly, I think a lot of it um, kind of started from like having a, a stepdad that like used to beat me and my mother really bad. I was like, man, I, oh. as soon as I was a little bit older, I was like, hey, I need to learn like how to defend myself and like those that I love. And uh mm. I had an uncle in England who was really big in a Muay Thai and uh, and wrestling and stuff, and mm-hmm. I did a little bit of jiu-jitsu with him and, and a little bit of boxing. And I was like, man, like, you felt safe when you were with your Uncle Richard, right? Because no one's going no one to do anything bad to you when you're around him. Yeah. And I was like, man, I want to, like, have that confidence in myself one day. Mm-hmm. But um, living out there in the farm and, like, being really broke, like, going to martial arts lessons was not going to be an option for us. Mm. And um, then when I came over here to the States, I thought about it. I was like, hey, I need to get really serious about one thing, which was going to be shoeing horses. Mm-hmm. 
And um, then finally I got to a place um, where I kind of was established and I just bought a house and my kid was old enough to where I didn't really have to feel bad about running off two, three evenings a week, leaving my wife with a baby. And um, you did it right too. You got her involved. Exactly. Brilliant. Ten ten would really kind of, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. right when uh, COVID started, I had I've been telling my wife like, man, you know, one day like I really want to go and train and like learn martial arts. And uh, she told me she's, you know, when all this COVID stuff is over, you should uh, you should go do that. So right like the first day of the gym opened back up. It was, it was exactly a year ago. I started in May last year. Well, it's early in May. Yeah. Really? Uh-huh. Yeah, like May 23rd, I took my first uh, class. Wow, dude. You're a fancy kid. Oh, you really are. Maybe you are talented at something. <laughs> 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 yeah. 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 No, um, so I went to... <laughs> I just made me remind me of the first time he did me brawled here. <laughs> oh, man. So bring that up. <laughs> what, what happened? I just... It was... It was... A spaz session. <laughs> it was great though. It was great though. It was fun. It was fun. Yeah. But that goes back to saying about like the consistency of you know, like you're training every day. What like six days a week or something? Yeah. Um when me and my wife train every night, but then anytime like I got a gap in my schedule, I'll go do a morning class or I'll go do like a private in the afternoon. That's awesome. And, uh, yeah, so, that's why you're improving fast. But it's, you know, it's funny, this, you, the parallel in that and the shoeing, you know, like you delved into the shoeing, got that, you know, got it, figured it out. And then you took it to competition too, right? Yeah. And you're doing the same thing with, with this, that, you, yeah. you know, I, I think that's something that's really, um, I think that's important to find out as a horse trainer. I think about that, that, you know, some people look at competition, like show horses and showing as a, you know, um, as a place to go and, and like be a champion and whatever else, you know, and really going to the horse show, like is just a place for you to evaluate your skills, mm. see where you're at and where you're developing. And if you're really truly looking at it to, to for the right way, it's to go and test your skills and see where you're at and the yeah. levels of where you're going to be at and where you should be going next, because it, it's, I can be the best one in the backyard, but you put me in front of a judge and in front of people in the stands and everything changes, right? Mm. It's like, um, it's, you know, like JP, like the first time you were on stage singing right. or the first time you're in front of a camera, right? And it's like, like all of a sudden, pl- 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 can't talk. And, you know, there's a, there's a whole bunch of, it's a, it's a change to get that way, right? Um, and the only way you do that is being in front of, in front of the camera, yeah. right? Yeah. I would imagine, you know, I mean, and it, and it takes a while to get accustomed to it. Um, but that's when you find out when you're good, right? Or you've tested your skills to see if you can handle it under the pressure. Pressure, I, something I adopted along with my, you know, showing was understanding that pressure is a privilege. Right. Right. I, 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 I would dread it except for the fact that it's a privilege that I have the skills and the, thank goodness, the health to be able to go and do that, like, then I'm going to test it, right? And that you're doing that without the prompting. Like, that's cool, right? That you would be willing to go out and go, you know, like, a lot of people don't do it just because of fear of failure. Yeah. Yeah. And 
I lost a lot. Too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, you got to lose a lot. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's yeah, the, true. the first two tournaments, like, uh, I did, like, three months in, right? Yeah. And, uh, like, the only time I got gold was that second tournament that I did. It was, like, three months in. I've never been able to get first place in this, but. Hey, it's coming. It's coming. Right? Hopefully. It's like what we were talking about with the, with Colts earlier. It's like if they're real good at the start, something yeah. bad's coming. So you're, yeah. you're getting all the rough, you're getting all the bucking out of the way early. There you go. <laughs> my, my wife, on the other hand, uh, she, obviously she's pregnant right now, so she's um, not doing anything. But before she got pregnant, she was like cleaning up. Like, yeah, she's good. No nerves at all. She just walk on that bump pants. All right, let's go. And, uh, it's it there's something to um walking into p- competition and knowing you have nothing to lose yeah right and that it's just a mental it's a mental place realizing when you step in there that's the hardest part to deal with is thinking you have something to lose yeah. right and you go in there going like just don't screw this up I'm like oh great here it comes yeah. right you go in there going like oh man i'm like Dude, I I, I I had this talk with my uh, son the other day going into, you know, one of his competitions. He was going on, the, I can't remember if it was on the soccer field or where it was at. But, you know, we were talking about it and he was like, yeah, but, but. And I said, you know, there are kids over in Houston that are sitting in the hospital and have got cancer. Like they've lost their hair. They don't get to leave their room. They have to take the stuff that makes them sick. I'm like, and you're complaining because of what? Mm. I'm like what what and what was your complaint? You you you're not getting enough playtime or you're not getting you're not doing well enough? Like yeah, that's a sad story, man. Mm-hmm. And a really bad st- <laughs> sorry for you on that. Go get your water, let's go. <laughs> you know? But I mean like sometimes it just needs to be a reality check before you go in. Yeah. And you step in there and to go like, "Hey, by the way, mm-hmm. like you're pretty damn lucky." Yeah. Like you're in a spot of that it is a privilege to be here. Yeah. Like that, I heard somebody, somebody didn't want to compete because they told me, well, you know, if I like spend the money to compete and like, let's say I drive all the way to Dallas, get a hotel room, you know, just to have some guy, you know, triangle me in the first 30 seconds. Like I would feel so bad. I was like, yeah, but it's not a waste. Like just to be there, like on the, on the mat, getting to compete with your team, like you're already winning. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Well, I feel privileged to have two friends that can fight so well. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I'm not a very good fighter. <laughs> I'm a white belt. Those two guys. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. when we show up to the Ropens eventually, it's not because we're good. <laughs> it's because we're bodyguards for JP. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. Yeah, it's a funny... So have you noticed you on that topic? Like, have you noticed like how's it how has it changed you mentally? Like how you because it's funny, right? Like I sort of started I started like boxing in my teens, so I it was a while ago now, you know. But I I know that there's young guys that I train now that man they change and and pe- there's this misconception in the public that if guys start training, they're gonna get more like violent or more <laughs> it's the opposite they get way more chill because they're like man i could okay i can mess you up. i got <laughs> yeah so my, my wife would be a good person to to ask because um like when i started i was just doing two nights a week and i was kind of you know maybe she'll get 
you know, hopefully she won't get too mad about me running off two nights a week. Mm. And um, like two weeks in, she's like, hey, um, if you want to do mall, we can do mall. She's like, I don't know what happened, but yeah. like we haven't had a fight in two weeks. You haven't been a total butt or like <laughs> lost your temper or <laughs> broken anything or, you know, going mad at the dogs. She's like, I was like, yeah, I don't know. I just feel um, kind of like. Kind of tired. And, like, yeah. I, I was dipping a lot. Like, you remember yeah. that? I was drinking a lot. Yeah. And um, she, like, hated that. Like, the, the snuff canes and she always thought, you know, after a couple of beers, it got kind of, like, my temper got a lot shorter. Yeah. Right. And um, I feel bad because, like, I tried to quit dipping when my son was born or, like, for yeah. a birthday one year. It never happened. And then, all of a sudden, I was around, like, all these badass, like, athletes and I was like, man, you know, maybe I could, maybe I could be like them one day. But if I'm gonna be like them, you know, I can't be drinking beer all the right. time. I can't be dipping. Right. Um. So I just quit right then and there. She's like, that's what it took to get you to quit. I was like, look, I know, that's I, I should have quit because I got, you know, a kid now. But uh, you're like, I'm hey, gonna be in know. the ring with these guys. I got. <laughs> 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 better be on my A game. Yeah. Yeah. Then she um. She started doing it. She, I, my instructor and his wife came over for dinner. He wanted to ride the horses, right? And um, so he was, he was riding, and his my wife was trying to encourage his wife to get on. She says, "Uh, uh, uh." She's like, "Tell you what, I'll get on a horse, but you gotta come into a class." And um, I'm like, "So, all right, you're on." She's like, "No way, she's gonna get on." And she got on, rode the horse around. So the next day, she said, you're coming to class. Like, you made a deal. The whole way, she's like, I'm going to hate this. She's like, when you try to, like, rough hairs me, she's like, I hate it. I want to be wrestled. Yeah. And um, she learned, like, a judo throw and, like, an arm bar that day. She's mm. like, this is cool. We're yeah. Going back tomorrow. <laughs> and now she's hooked. She trains yeah. as much as you. Yeah. Right? She's, and like, she's good, too. Yeah, she's really. better than me at it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you're like, damn it. Yeah. Pregnant, she's like, she goes and drills and yeah. that's cool. Man, that's, that's a really crazy. that's really cool. Yeah, I think um I think it's important. I, I you know, there's something that I notice about someone who not only I can tell when somebody knows how to defend themselves. They walk a different way. Right. I mean, there's just something about the way that you're going to carry yourself when you walk into a situation, walk into a place mm. when you when you're confident in I can it's not because I think I can whip everybody or whatever <laughs> else. But there's just like there's a confidence about myself whenever I walk because I, I can I think I can handle myself. Right. You know, and it's not that I'm going to and I don't have to put on any kind of air because I just feel confident about that. Yeah. I can handle a situation. I may not handle it and get everything done no more, but I'm not going to just roll over. Yeah. My, my luck would be I'd end up picking a fight with one. <laughs> I'd be like, whoa, where'd that come from? <laughs> I'm the artist singer, man. Leave me alone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Love or not a fight. Yeah. <laughs> just stay friendly. Stay friendly. But here's the, that's the thing I've learned. Like, it's, you can either be super friendly or you can be a badass. And hopefully still friendly. But like, <laughs> if you if you forget, if you say you're like, you got no skills and you don't want to be friendly, man, life can be pretty tough. Man. <laughs> yeah. Somebody's going to put you in your yeah, place. So it has a way of leveling yeah, things up. Life has a way of uh, of sorting you out. But yeah, hey, man, it's 
That's man, it's cool. I think I think there's a big need for like just that to come back, like manliness to come back, and not yeah. Oh like my some, god, yeah. I'm not from like the 1920s where I'm like, if you can't fight, then you're not a man. I'm not like I'm not being like that, but it's like it only brings good things to you, even if you never competed or never had to use that skill. It the way like Todd said, the way it makes you carry yourself, and then you know if you have sons, how they see it. It just brings, it's like, that's how you're meant to, it's kind of how we're meant to be, you know? Yeah. Like, we can't be, we can't be gelding society. It's like, Ooh. there's a reason st- you can see a stud horse out in a pasture and he looks different to geldings, you know? Yeah, right so now. What they're doing is they're kind of, as much as we all like geldings in the horse world, <laughs> yeah. it's probably not good in the human world if they're going to be like trying to tell all young men, you can't be, you can't have that, like, that side of you that's kind of competitive and aggressive and whatever it's like man we yeah. need that yes you know there's there's in society um what we are doing is we are um devaluing each other so you're if you you know we can look at right now and see the intellectual the guy who is is uh is very sharp and 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 well read and um you know and 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 all of that and and see that person see a value in that right and you see the 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 artist and and the passion and something and mm-hmm. and i can see the value in that um but that guy that's the door kicker mm. that steps into a situation when nobody else wants to mm. the guy that's the firefighter that walks or runs into a fire to save somebody like that guy's just as valuable. Yeah. His skills and what he does lends just as much to society as the guy that's the intellectual. And to devalue one over the other is silly. Yeah. You know, to devalue a man and his ability to be able to and and to be forceful and take over a situation, like you're silly to think otherwise. That has a value and it has a value, the same value. Right, the same equal value yeah. as the guy who is the intellectual that is the scientist that is you know all mathematician and and yeah. has soft hands. Yeah, like, dude's all right too. Yeah. Right, he's got a value. Right, I don't want yeah. I don't want him pushing cattle with me, but yeah. you know, but he can figure out where the gate is and who how we hang the gate in exactly. order so that it yeah. works right. I mean, and that needs but there's has a their place. Yes. Yeah. But we can't devalue one over another. Right. Right. Yeah. We can't look at it as as men. And think that that guy that is the skilled fighter that goes into a situation mm. and defends the weaker, mm. like you can't take the value of that guy away yeah. because that guy has a huge value when it comes to sending somebody in to defend them, oh, the, yeah. the, the weaker. And now I think it's just a modern thing. Like it's, a, it's, it's more modern times, but we have to compartmentalize everything. So back in the day, like thousands of years ago, there was the guys were meant to be both like they were like they would like read poetry and be badass fighters you know? like they did both whereas like now it's like you're either one or the other you're an intellectual or you're like a meathead so and if you're already one they won't let you know like they won't the let, other. like people yeah people like to me they're like oh you got you got a university degree i'm like yeah <laughs> you know yeah, like basket uh, weaving <laughs> yeah so you know, um, we've talked about this before, but you ever seen the statue of the thinker, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Where it's a guy that's sitting there and has yeah. his, you know, his chin on his on his 
You ever notice that guy ain't fat and out of shape? Yeah. That dude's ripped. There's, and that was from a society that, yeah. you know, that were thinkers, philosophers, mm. right? And the philosophers also were wrestlers. Yeah. Right? Mm. I mean, that's something that's, that's really pretty profound. And I oh, think yeah. it's something that's overlooked a lot right. by people who's, you know, you think about that and you think about the thinker and, you know, and that deal. But you know what? That dude is in shape. Yeah. You know? you know, there's a lot to be said for societies based around that too. We're getting way off topic of the <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, dude, we hijacked your podcast. Yeah. But like, that's why, why I'm really attracted to like the fight world and yeah. also horses and, and working stock, working cattle is you, like if an idea, you can't get away with an idea that doesn't work in all those worlds. So, and, and people like at the moment, they're like enamored with having these concepts that they don't work under pressure, but the concept's good. Yeah. And they want like a reward. And it's like, well, you know, if your idea is to fit six head of cattle through a gate that only fits four head through it at a time, (laughs) then it's not going to work, mate. It's not like, you can can think it's a great idea all you want. Or if you think blocking a punch like this, (laughs) that's a good idea. Go try it out and then tell me how it works. you know? And, uh, and I think back in those days, the reason why the, those cultures, you know, they had their their thinkers still had to do things like wrestling and mm-hmm. that sort of thing is because it forces you to have be in touch with a reality that that something has to work to survive. Right. right. I mean, it's one thing if you're if you're intellectual, but you you don't put it to practical use. It's it's pointless. Yeah. Right. I mean, it has to be practical in the way that you're using it. You know, some of the smartest. I mean, like some of the smartest men i've ever met were farmers mm. like those dudes you know to and that's no i mean like you're feeding the world yeah. and like that you can't be a dummy mm. and feed the world right. you know you can't be you know some of the most well-rounded men that i've met were were men of you know labor mm. you know i mean uh that and were thinkers like wanted to figure out how to do it bigger, better, you know, and, and I, you know, I think there's a great balance in, in society when we see the value that each one individual has Mm -hmm. and can lend to it. Right. Rather than putting one higher than the other. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a, uh, it will lead you into a false, uh, a false reality mm-hmm. thinking that the guy, you know, like to, to bring it to like a, a, ch- a church saying, but you know, that thinking that the, um, that the pastor standing up in front of the church, if you're going to praise him for what he says, and that's the most important thing and whatever else, and you're not going to put the value of the lady who's making the uh, potluck dinner back in the back. Mm. Right. Um, you know, that guy that's up there talking on the stage is going to be just as enamored with himself mm. and it's going to lead you astray. Yeah. You know, it's going to lead you into a false sense of, of reality and it's going to go bad. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, uh, and if we put our, you know, hopes into just one part of a, of a society that, you know, it's all about, you know, I don't know the guy that works in the stock market, Mm-hmm. And that is the most important job and, you know, whatever else, you know, and it's not about a paycheck either. You know, uh, there's 
you know, it's about value. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that value in the job that you have doesn't pay the same. <laughs> and you know what? That's all right. Yeah. You know, it's not about, you know, success. I, you know, that's one thing for me is success for me was never measured on how much money I was making. It was how independent I could be and how much I enjoyed. Like I'm living a dream mm. of getting to ride horses every single day. And now I ride horses and bullshit on a podcast <laughs> and, and like somehow, and I'm not getting paid to do this, but it sure is a lot of fun to do. And I get the opportunity to do it. Yeah. You know, like how freaking lucky am I? I could do that, run around with my kids, go do jujitsu with my friends, choke my friends, <laughs> try to choke my friends. I'm starting to realize now is like, what is success? It's kind of changed for me in the past year, I think, because I'm getting a little bit older and hopefully a little bit smarter. Mm -hmm. Like rather than, like it's not material possessions. Like anybody can acquire a lot of debt. Yeah. Uh, which I don't have done. <laughs> like getting the, pick your, you know, Getting off early to go pick your kid up, yeah, hang out with him and not, yeah, stuff like that. It's like investing in the legacy, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, what what good is it if you're what is your what? Yeah, because what is what what are riches? Yeah, yeah right. That's it is 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 giving your kids the opportunities to, you know, step beyond where you're at, not monetarily, but you know, like a stronger, you know, work ethic, a stronger sense of who they are, you know, I mean, all those kind of things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and it ain't because, you know, you let somebody else do it to them or teach it to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm starting to learn how to like, value my time a lot more. Mm -hmm. It's like, what do I really want to do? I was like, I'll spend time with my family. That was, the, that was the lesson we, we I, I talked to you. Remember where I drew it yeah. up on the board? Yeah. Yeah. And you guys have helped me out a lot because I used to argue with my wife all the time because <laughs> it's gone up. You're working too much. Why are you also? Hey, listen, honey. I gotta keep these clients happy. You know why? Mm -hmm. Because those clients pay our bills. So I don't want to hear it from you. Mm -hmm. And uh, now, like a year or two later, I'm like, oh, she was right. Yeah. Like, I just, I think my maturity level might have caught up to hers a little bit. You yeah. find out she's always yeah. right. I know too. Like kids, wise, like they don't know what they don't know as far as possession things you know and i know i know from talking to people and hearing kids that didn't have it and did is like they would way rather have a few less things that they don't even know anyway yeah because it's not like they get them and lose them you know yeah. they'd ra way rather have their parents time like spend an extra hour or two with their dad hanging oh. out just doing a just playing doing a job like riding a horse or yeah, that's true or doing some wrestling with you or any or fixing a fence even and just like some of my favorite memories is just doing little things like that just but just hearing stories like while well, you're working mm -hmm. or whatever. And then um, rather than they aren't there and then you get a, then you get a new thing, you know, and some of us, you look at some kids like, like older teenagers, some of the most troubled kids are ones that they have everything possession wise, but right. their parent wasn't there. Oh yeah. 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 You know, yeah. And, and, and that's defining what the role of a man is. Yeah. You know, yeah. we get a, we get a, you know, figure a way out through that. Yeah. Hey, do you know what? It's having a community of, you know, like-minded men. Yeah. And and getting that support from some other places, man. Well, I've learned the value of having friends. I'm kind of like you guys where, you know, we're comfortable with each other. That You know, you can tell me yeah. something and I'm not going to get offended. not going to hurt a friendship or, you know, mm. anything like that. And um, I think that's a big reason I try to associate myself with people that are, 
older than me and have kind of or have achieved what I'm after. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I like with Ken all the time. I call him at least two, three times a week. What do I need to do in this situation? Because mm. he's either been through it or something similar. Or if not, I trust his opinion way more than I trust my 23-year-old opinion. Yeah. yeah. I always forget you're 23. That's, like, why, you're like, That's why I'm so surprised. Like, yeah, I know, right? Like, I'm still lost, dude. Like, uh, I'm just trying to do music, trying to do <laughs> trying to freaking, uh, you know, work cattle. I'm doing those three, and I'm like, okay, this is like a freaking, like a, you know, spinning wheel. And I'm like, which ones are going to land on? I need to stay on one. Which one? <laughs> you know, no, that's I. But I did that too, though. Yeah. Uh, I, I did, it took me like I was at twenty three. I was nowhere near where Luke is at right now that's at twenty three. Yeah, I mean that's and 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 I and I didn't have near the hurdles either, yeah. right? I mean that's what's impressive about Luca is yeah, that like with all the hurdles and all the you know like closed doors and whatever else like that you've gotten to where you're at at 23 is crazy this is the first time i've met you and i'm like so impressed by your story that's oh cool it's like yeah yeah like who does that yeah yeah and i think i don't think i think you know the other part is i think luca doesn't realize how far he's gone with it too right you got 23 and i mean you have a i mean you're on the right path it seems like yeah to me thank you i really i think i think i would Pretty much all to um, like the couple that took me in, like taught me how to drive and, and can, and uh, and my wife really. Yeah. Man. Without those three people, like ooh, you can go really bad if you get a bad wife. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> man, man, they are gifts. I mean, like yeah, really, yeah. man, mine is mine's good. I got lucky, lucky. It's cool. I, I really noticed, like um. Like, especially ever since, like, a year of doing jujitsu and, like, mm. I'm not as angry and, like, you know, don't have such a bad temper anymore. Mm. I was like, oh, she was right about most of that stuff. Like, yeah. maybe the problem was all me, <laughs> or at least 95% yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool, man. Very, very cool to hear your story. I, I mean, I'm, I'm in awe, and I'm just, like, the guy that, outside looking in i was like dang that's cool yeah no it is man yeah. thanks so much for yeah. coming on and sharing, a good sharing with us yeah, yeah. No, there's a lot of good guys. stuff in there man there's a lot of good stuff we have to do this big powwow again next time yeah, yeah. Big, who big, knows big, get yeah people. get more people out yeah Cody johnson yeah <laughs> <laughs> heck yeah Thank you, guys. Thank you for all your help. Now I have to learn how to play some music by then because you guys all know how to do something. I know. I'll play spoons. I'm going to have to start learning how to fight. We saw Manson next. Oh, you have to gym next time. Let's do some. Yeah. Spoons. Or I'll play the tambourine. Who? Everybody needs more tambourine. Yeah. Right? Let's do it. Like a band. I own a banjo picking book for you already. We'll check back in soon and we'll do a, a, a Instagram live of us doing a band. All right. All right, man. Thank All you. Right. Good Thank stuff. Go time. Thanks for listening to the Go Time Podcast with Todd Martin and Brendan O'Reilly. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Go Time Ranch so you can come work with us each day to learn, have fun, and be inspired. For information on bookings and merchandise, please visit www.gotimeranch.com.